Good morning, North America. Welcome to Church Talk TV, lively talk about life, church, and church life. I'm your co-host, Dr. Bill Tenney Britton, and I'm joined as usual by my co-host, Dr. Chris Tenney Britton, and we're broadcasting from our studio in Columbia, Missouri, the heartland of America. Say good morning, Chris. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Church Talk TV. Chris and Bill Tenney Britton here to talk about the great worship juggling act. And I really want to bring in juggling balls, I'm but glad you I, did. I used to be able to do it, but not you so much anymore. I've lost my coordination. Mm. Okay. Yeah, once upon a time, way back in the day. Hey, what we're talking about is understanding generational dynamics of worship. In other words, how do you appease everybody in a multi-generational congregation in a worship service, in a worship setting. And I'll give you a hint. No, it isn't going to happen. Wasn't it P.T. Barnum who said you can't please all the people all the time? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to give it to him because I'm just thinking juggling and circus acts. Yeah, okay. I, I, think, I think it's what is it? You, you can fool so many people some of the time and whatever. Okay, anyway. Yeah. But we're not going to fool you today, <laughs> right? right? Okay. That's so, right. anyways, generational you know, dynamics. Yes. One of the best exercises that we had to do along the way was to determine where were we bringing people in, what were our front doors, and then where were we try trying to get them when they came to church, right? What was the pathway to get to where we wanted them? How, from, do, we get, how do we get them from out there into the discipleship? Well, today we'd say discipleship, right. but it wasn't always discipleship. No. It used to be it, worship. Yeah, Honestly, we're, I mean, that's well, when worship, we were first doing it. it. The goal was, sun, was Sunday school, let's be honest. Well, that was kind I of don't the, know. That wasn't where I wanted my folk. I wanted them either, in but, worship, right? <laughs> right okay, okay yeah. so maybe Sunday. I don't know. Anyways. So worship is big. Worship is one of the ways we bring people in. It's one of the ways people can connect, although please don't put all the eggs in your basket. We're just being metaphorical today, aren't we? Don't put all the eggs, your eggs, into the basket of worship, uh, your spiritual basket. Unless, that's unless that's it, falling apart. Unless it's Easter. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. My metaphor was messed up to begin with. Anyways, people probably are not going to be converted in your worship service, right? I mean, that's not the point of the worship service. Right, you can't, like, in a five minute message or a 20 minute message or a 40 minute, 45 minute right. message, you're not able to feed people what they need for a spiritual change. Anyways, because it's not just about feeding. Or food, right? right. It's about it's inspiration, but we'll go there right. so another day. Okay, another, another time. day, another topic. Okay, so anyways, worship is one of the ways we bring people into the church, it's, and for many of it's us, it's still a front door. It's still a front door, yes. and for many of us, it's where we want people to uh, to get to. to. Land, we want right. them to be there in worship, but that makes and that makes the worship service critically important, but even more difficult to navigate. Yeah, right? it, it really does. And why right. we need to have know our avatar. Right. Well, Maybe, and, right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, Sorry. I mean, we've talked about our avatar, and I think it was a couple of episodes ago that we talked specifically, very specifically about avatars. And so who you're trying to reach. Your target audience. Your target audience, your avatars, I would suppose you could say. Uh, that's how you're going to style your worship, to reach them. Your avatari. Sorry. <laughs> Avatari, sorry. You're really on a roll today. Here, here's the deal. Once upon a time, we lived in a land in which everyone knew the story. And when you invited them to church, they either said, yeah or no. 
but they knew the stories. And so what happened in the worship, what happened in the, in the, in the sermon and all that was kind of, you know, it was important, don't get me sure. wrong, but it was, it was a part of the culture. And today, we have at least two generations that were not raised in the church. Yeah. And so if we invite them to worship, you know, they're like, what is this? And it, it, for most of them, it's um, anachronous. And that, uh, yeah, right. That they, that it, it, it seems like it's ir- irrelevant, out of date, out of yeah. time. The technology's backwards, the et cetera, et cetera. So we want to talk really, and we really are. We're not talking about your existing congregation who were raised in the church. No. That's okay. People who were raised in the church, they're kind of used to traditional or contemporary or whatever, and they have their preferences, but they're okay with it all. Right. We're talking about people who were either new Christians or um, people who are outside the church that we're trying to bring into the church and bring into the faith um, via the worship service. And how do we bridge the gaps between the generations? Because someone who's a baby boomer who is outside the church, hasn't been in church probably since they were you know, a kid, um, how do you, what, what they expect and what will speak to them is very different from the from the 22 year old who just graduated from college, the Gen Z kid who shows up to your worship service, the the needs are incredibly different, and uh, the expectations on how we communicate to them, um, how we make them feel welcome, is very different. So that's really what we're talking about, and it is about juggling because the reality, folks, we're talking about one of the most difficult things that you will face in your church. It's true. Worship wars. I mean, we're still fighting worship wars. Yeah, and, and let's be real. It used to be about technology. We're going to say more about technology in a, uh, well, in a moment. Well, music, right? though. Well, I know. I was going oh, there okay, next. Right. Okay, there's music. There's the screen. Take, you know, what songs are you going to sing? What not? How long the minister's, the minister's sermon is? That's a, a another big whatever. Oh, my gosh. minutes. You're done, Pastor. Oh, my gosh. The first time I ever preached the second. <laughs> no, first. I had no idea, you know, about timing or anything. And I had handwritten all my notes. And there was a trustee in the back of the church going like this and pointing at the clock over the door, which I had no idea there was ever a clock in over the door, you know. And yeah, it was not good. But, you know, a 20-minute sermon, or then it got to 10-minute sermon. And some of us preach 30 or 40-minute sermons. That's, the, that's what the, yep. needs to be said. Right. Okay, anyways, right. so, let's so we on. want to talk about a little bit about the, um, uh, about the generations and characteristics that go um, they go with them. Their worship preferences that are there, and, and not just. It goes beyond the worship preferences to the cultural right, of preferences. Okay? Right. So, for instance, uh, and I think this is where we're going to come and go. Is, right. is it, it, I want to talk about learning styles. Okay. How do you get information? Which I mean, that's what worship is about. There's right. a worship. There's the expressive part. But generally speaking, when we talk about worship, and we're talking about all this, one of the things we we got the, the emotional piece, the great music, and all that. But then we got the sermon. And how do we convey the gospel in, in a way that is relevant and um, appropriate and appropriatable right. from the generations? And the problem is, is that that's very different. Um, the, the oldest generation still living is called the silent generation. Boy, and okay? they're like, what, 100 right at no, they're, late they're, 90s? They're, they're, they're in their 90s. Yeah. And, and the, this, the silent generation... And they were raised, like my dad was raised, you know, he didn't have it. He wasn't raised with television. He got his information by sticking his ear next to the, to the radio when his entertainment came from the radio or he read a book. 
Um, and so it was all oral. It all came, you know, talk, talk, talk. A lecture, that lecture were very important right. in, in uh, a part of it. So a sermon was oral. I mean, that's how they, you, you heard it. You went, they spoke, you listened, and that's how it was. And it was a norm, and that's how people learned. They learned through reading. They learned through speaking. If you go to most churches today, that's still the main learning style. Well, you know, it just struck me as I'm sitting here thinking, uh, like one of our very dear friends, whose name I'm not going to use on the air, um, he was he was taught at Yale. He taught was taught preaching at Yale by who? A silent generation. Yeah, absolutely. So his preaching, and I can tell you, I mean, there are a few others who, um, uh, Will Williman is another one of those, right, who was taught preaching, who today is still producing materials, preaching materials, but and his training came from the lecture. The silent. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah. it came from it's the silent. Lecture. And so we're still seeing it, right? Because right. people are still using those materials, those lectionary right. materials. Right. Well, right? not less lectionary, but but and it's that lectionary is kind of a secondary piece here. But there's well, still, I, I know. I'm not. Right, I'm just saying but they're how still, they're, they're accessing lecture. it. They're still lecturing. Right. I get that. that okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So there's still, there's still, if you close your eyes in most worship services and never open them and you could stay awake, sure. you wouldn't miss anything. Probably not. You wouldn't miss anything, okay? It, it, and that's 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 the key of the silent generation. Then you get us. Well, you, you might. I mean, what you'd get is some gee whiz kind of information. I mean, it's like a lecture, so you're, you're you can walk right. away with something. Right, right. I'm, I'm not saying it's not. I'm okay. saying that you don't need to see. It's all oral. I see what you're saying. Yeah, right. It's that's all right. oral. That's right. You know, I can stick my ear next to the radio. Right. And I get everything. Right. I got you. Okay? Right. I'm okay. totally there. So that's that's the silent generation, and that's how they learn. Baby boomers, not so much. Now it's still important. We we were readers. Um, we we were we we were able to listen to a lecture and appropriate it. But we began to really gravitate towards image driven. You know, Life magazine and the, 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 those magazines really I took off. To, you know, and and we started seeing. Actually, we watched film strips and we watched movies, right. movies in you know in classrooms in you know a super eight movie not super eight they were eight millimeter eight, yeah. you know and you know and, and so and we began television became into us four and we began learning through images imagery was very important for the baby boomers and in it, the reality is in most baby boomer driven services there there's still a lot of the aural because we have a history of that a tradition of that right, right. but there's a lot more imagery if they have screens, and most baby boomer churches have screens now, not all, mm -hmm. but most, um, they, there's screen technology, and there's, not, there's pictures, or here's what often is the case, they put the words up on top, so it might as well be a book, um, and there's very little imagery, but we, we learn through imagery, okay? That's the baby boomers. Then comes Gen X. I'm a Gen that, X. That's, yeah, so you wanna yeah. run with this one? Yeah, so Gen X really takes that, um, that uh, well, let's just think MTV, right? I mean, so you take are. from images, and it, it is on, we're in the Christmas time. So I was thinking of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and just how kind of simplistic all that is, right? When you, you watch Rudolph, the, or what is it, the Somebody Bass, uh, Rudolph, um, like Clarice, and everybody's in there. When you watch, when you watch Rudolph uh, fly or whatever, run, it's kind of like clip clop, clip clop, clip clop. So it's kind it's, of it's like, like that. It's very almost it's, yeah. Stop action. Yeah. So I mean, it's but that's the kind of imagery right that boomers grow up with. But now we're talking about 
MTV imagery, movement, um, and, and we gear into that, right? It's not just about listening to the music because, you know, we grew up with radios right. and everything, transistor radios, boom boxes, but wow, MTV was a big deal. Right, and, and the Gen X is video driven. That's right. They're a video driven generation. They learn best via video. They get a lot of their information from video sources. Yeah, I wanted to say this. So I, I have several friends who are, uh, wow, well into their 70s now, right? So uh, definitely boomers. And when they preach, or, or we're talking, they're using examples, they're talking about stories, books, and poetry. I, I just don't have that piece. My examples are almost always movies. They're mm -hmm. stories and movies. And it, it struck me one day, wow, and they'll say, you know a lot about movies. And it's like, why? Because I've got more, that's a whole different set than what, what they have. Then there's our kids. The there millennials, okay? Yeah, there they they're, are. They're no longer the young adults. They're 25 years old and 30, go up to... 40. Yeah, right. So uh, the, the millennials are in their 40s. You want to feel old there, baby boomers? Anyway, um, here, here's the deal. Millennials were... Gen X had... Don't get me wrong. Gen X had the computer, okay? But it was this, kind of in its infancy, and if they were smart and they invested in, you know, Microsoft and whatnot, they're multimillionaires now. But... Um, the, but the, uh, wow, that'll do it. <laughs> wow, that was like a Gen Z moment. That was there a Gen Z, right. <laughs> that's my, hilarious. My phone is going off. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> Dick Tracy. Now I've dated myself. Wow, I'm like, I think that was like, okay. Anyway, so Gen X had computers, but millennials, they were raised with computers. They were raised with computer technology, and the internet is not just their friend. The internet is who they are, kind of. Yeah. You know, they 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 identify with that. They they they're not they're, they're native. They're native technology, yeah. and there is a lot of interactivity, but not nearly as much as when we get to Gen Z. Yeah. Because Gen Zs, if the if the millennials are on their computers and they're on their phones, don't get me wrong, they're on their phones, but they're the they're the digital generation. Gen Z is kind of the phone generation. They are so connected to each other electronically, yeah. digitally, I should say, that it's, it's just, they, they learn best, millennials to a certain extent, but they learn best in interactivity. Now, let's talk about silent generation, listen carefully, to Gen Z, we need interactivity, and we have a, uh, some some dissonance when we try to pull worship together. Well, you know, yeah, dissonance. And I'm again, I'm thinking over here with with our grandsons, right? Continually having conversations, and our youngest will be 13 this weekend, and he can have a conversation with me and with five other people at the same time yeah. on his his computer. So talk about juggling. Phone. What did I say? Computer. His computer. Yeah, forget the computer. It's cell phone, cell phone. Even though he's got an iPad, it's, he stays on. His, he, he stays, stays on, his cell, on phone. his cell phone. The cell phone yeah. is this is way. Right now, exactly. Here's here's the deal, is that here's all these various ways of of communication and learning. That's just a learning style. There is so much that is so different in so many different ways. I'm not the only one who got a phone going off. Uh, the, but I can't talk. <laughs> well, to yeah, mine. you can't talk on your phone. <laughs> your watch, I mean. Anyway, there's, 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 there's learning styles, there's preferences, there's music styles. It goes on and on and on. And all of this has to be taken into consideration when it comes to putting together a worship service that is going to reach 
how do you reach a multi-generational target or audience? It's really, really difficult. In fact, that's why we talk about targeting is so critically yeah. important and that every church needs to have two targets. They have their churched people. That's one target. Regardless of the generation, again, they'll put up with, they're used to all this various different this discordant type of learning styles and preferences right. and whatnot. Um, but those, who, if you're going to, the second target is reaching out to those outside your community. Who can you reach? You know, probably not going to be getting too busy reaching the um, silent generation, but their church is still to say, we're trying to reach baby boomers. And that's great. It's, it's whatever your target audience right, is. Right, exactly. But, be but real about it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Be real about it. And because if, you're, if you've decided you're reaching baby boomers, then you're also deciding you're probably not going to reach Gen Z. With that, now, don't get me wrong, they'd be welcome. They're welcome to come. If, if, if someone isn't welcome to your church, you're not a church, you're a club, stop calling yourself a church. But if, if, you know, if, if you target and create worship for baby boomers, you are saying to your Gen Z people who need interactivity that, yeah, probably not. How many churches, we just talked about this earlier, you go into churches, we still go to churches where they say, please silence your cell phone oh, or yeah. turn off your cell phones. Right. You, you can't say that to Gen Z. In fact, in, to Gen Z and actually millennials, you have to say, or you need to say, take out your phones and we need you to text someone or right. um, look up something I, or share or, or give, you I, said. You right. Know? I shudder. I shudder every time I hear those words. Turn off your cell phones. You right. know, take it, take it off. I really just, yeah, uh, bugs me. And uh, it bugs me because I... I'm just looking across the, the, the congregation, the people who've gathered that day going, oh my gosh, how many people have you just offended, right? right? And you've just really chased off right. in so many respects. Or you've said, wow, you, you, you don't really fit here. Right. You know, you're not, you're not right. us, you never will be. Right, yeah. right? I mean, so, you know, okay. we, we, want, we want to encourage, if, right. for the younger generations, right. we want to encourage them to be uh, talking about what's going on in worship service on their Instagram account, on their Snapchat account, on TikTok, Take video, I mean, right, right exactly. when something funny's happening or whatever, you know, you'll see them up there while their kids are singing, you know, whatever it may be, like, or their sibling or, right, or their parents who are doing something they shouldn't be. <laughs> uh, anyways, right. yeah, they, they'll do it. And if you're, you've got a worship service that they're engaging, in fact, Wow, what a compliment, hopefully, to have them videotaping in the, in the worship service or taking yeah, pictures. Because right. everyone uses videotape these well, days. What do you ever you call it? You know, videoing, <laughs> running video. Right. Right. Live streaming. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not all of us live streaming. Baby boomer. <laughs> all right. Hey, we don't have a lot of time, and we, I want to give you some solutions. Really? We want to talk about how to target the generations. Okay. And first thing is, is folks, you got to target. That's just how it is. Choose who you can best reach, because you can't reach everyone. You, you, it just isn't possible. I want to say this. Yep. I, I just had a conversation with the pastor the other day who has somebody in his church who doesn't want to do an avatar. And the, the reason was, well, we're a small church. We're just a small church. It's like, well, you know what? If you're just a small church, you're always just going to be small, except right. you'll be dead and, you know, a, a Look around the congregation generation. and figure yeah. out how many people you will can, not be yeah, there in 10 can, years. Yeah, we can talk about your trajectory, right? Yep. Uh, and then, then the person said, 
wow, this is going to take a lot of work. So remember that um, that we can't is often we won't and get clear about that. Well, we aren't going to do it or we can't do it and can't never will. So uh, you've got a target. And this really does come down to that avatar. And, and right now, we've had different things that are really important to us and we want to get across. Right now, avatars are huge. Please, please, please create your avatar. And the reality is why it's so important now is because churches are becoming more and more irrelevant right. to the community. And it, we, we've, to be, to be perfectly honest, since we were kids, um, we saw the church beginning to go in that direction where it became less and less relevant to the community. Right. But we're, in this post-COVID world, it has really come to a point where, folks, we have to do what it takes to grow the church. Targeting is critical. And so let me talk about, or let us talk about, sorry. <laughs> us want to talk about uh, four different ways that are important for targeting the generation. So whoever you're trying to choose, first thing up is the message. And when I say the message, I mean the sermon. Um, which I, I really prefer calling it a message. I called it conversation in my last church. <clears throat> I, I like, not comfortable yeah, with that. I like the myself. conversation. But anyway, but, but the message, the sermon has a lot of baggage out in the sure. public. So find something, whatever you call it. Sermon, message, whichever. Here's the key. Everyone has problems. Everyone has aspirations. And they tend to be somewhat generational within reason. And they tend to be, well, gen absolutely. If you work with an avatar, mm -hmm. you go find a representative of that avatar out in the community or someone's, sure. and you have conversations with them. And you want to find out two things. You want to, number one, find out what it is that they keep them up at night. What are they worried about? And number two, what are their aspirations? What are their dreams? What are they trying to accomplish? And then you create messages sermon series and events, not just a, not just sermon right, series, right. but events that will solve the problems and help them reach their aspirations. Now, here's the thing. Jesus promised a full and abundant life, uh, you know, pure and simple. And he, he didn't mean that it would be a full and abundant devotional life and everything else would be, eh. No, it's a full and abundant life. That doesn't mean you'd be wealthy. doesn't mean you'd be healthy. doesn't mean you'd live a problem-free life. What it meant is you would have a purpose. You would have fabulous relations and relationships. Um, and, I mean, and you'd be dealing with the ones that didn't. And when it comes to finances, we wouldn't be drowning in debt if we used biblical principles just for one, um, that, there, that there would be a living to be made um, and et cetera. So that said, go ahead. No, it's that's I, I I'm watching time. So yeah. I mean that that being said, that there are different messages, uh, but there are some themes I I will say yeah. that cross children grandchildren. Right. So little you know that, that, little that's, ones. That's, that's the brilliance that's, of all that's this, right? right? Right. So you can do that, and we haven't said this yet, but I'll just jump to this place uh, is is to say that you can do better to your it's easier to reach two generations that are next to one another than to skip a generation it's almost right? impossible to reach a generation right targeting. exactly so you know when you're talking about something if you want to reach the silent generation and and what i hear out there is that well we want to keep this or it's not even about keeping our silent generation it's about having a worship service them for them as long as they can still come to church so, you know, we're trying to reach them where more than likely they're going to keep coming. And there aren't that many of them that on their own volition right. are going to come, right? So now we're really looking at boomers and, and, uh, and Gen X. Um, it's, it's tough to have a service or, or create a message necessarily that's going to reach boomers and 
uh, and millennials, two different pieces, unless it is about there's uh, some children, right, right? There's children, spirituality, okay. right? The right. spiritual so, piece, how so, to deal with tough, tough relatives. Marriage. Marriage. Okay. okay. Family. Or family relationships. Yep. Children. Yep. Money. Disillusionment. And meaning. Yep. Those are the four biggies that cross all generations. Right. Okay. And so if you're talking and creating a message that is relevant to a baby boomer and you're talking about how to make your marriage work because baby boomers are their divorce rate has gone up again right you know or if you are um, talking about how to how to deal with being single again or you know being widowed as the case may be you're, you're all by yourself you know that does translate across the line okay now you may be talking here in your target but it is we're not saying you're not relevant across right but you are talking th creating themes that hit that target avatar, whoever that is. Okay, we, we gotta hit the yeah, other. Wait. Well, yep. and most people, unless they're disillusioned, okay, we, we, if you've got people that bring conflict stuff with them or you're in a, a congregation with conflict, you may hear, well, that message isn't reaching me or some other complaint like that, right? right. But most people who come in, as long as they're hearing something that's relevant or, and, and not necessarily relevant for them, but relevant for their child for or someone, something, right? Someone they know. Then, right. th then they're going to be more in tune or attuned Th to They're it. more likely to show up again. Right, again, okay? right. Yeah, because the church cares about about someone that I care and about. And it's real life. Yes. And it's relevant. Right. And it is transformational. Right. Okay, so, okay. all right, moving okay. on. Okay. Uh, okay, I'm going to see something about technology. Good, great, yep. If, if you don't have a screen, get a dab-blasted screen. Get over okay, it. Okay, that's the bottom <laughs> line. It's just a given. Like we said, worship words used to be about whether or not to have a screen. Get a screen. Your older folks, they're going to be thankful. Maybe not up front. They may complain about the money, so that's probably another issue going on. But if you've got money socked away or that list in your back pocket, so someone says, I want to donate uh, $1,000, $2,000 to your church. How would you use that money if I were to give it to you? You could say a screen. We need screen technology. And the wonderful part about your older folk is that they can see so much better the words that are up on the screen exactly than right. they are in your uh, in your pocket. Right. So you in, can start in the, slowly. In <laughs> oh, in their pocket. I'm stuck with that in your pocket money and the sermon in your pocket right, yeah. and all that other stuff. So now for your uh, for your boomers uh, especially and silent gen out there, they're uh, they're going to prefer the words and maybe some background maybe where your younger people, you're going to need a bit more. And be sure that you bring in some movie examples, right, that you're right. drawing on images. And and you can and learn video, a lot right. more video. Right. Yeah, that's why I meant. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. okay. But, but beyond that, your technology also includes, I want right. to say, we, we already touched on the cell phone thing. Live oh, with yeah, that. please. You know, don't, don't make Practice them put them away. It. Practice it right. Get your cell phone out and send this, uh, we ask this question to, um, someone you know who's unchurched, why don't you like church? Or what, what do you think is the meaning of life? Yeah, or what, what, whatever what it is. Would it, what, why would, what would it take for you to come to church with me next week? I asked, had kids ask that, or people, not just kids, asked that one morning, and, and we were getting answers back, and you see kids there, and I'm like, is anybody getting answers? And now we've got some conversation about, right. Which hey, brings try the interactivity. this, that, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. We're having exactly. a blast. Okay, All right. hospitality. Hospitality, and just a word about hospitality. Hospitality is generational. You know, my mom and my dad 
they they drank coffee and they drank the, the you know out of the big three pound cans of coffee. And my when my mom made coffee, um, it was not even not even the color of good tea. Um, it was very. Here's the deal: is the old the younger you are, the more important your coffee sure. is, and that it's, it's green sourced. That's right. Um, or, or yeah, trade trade sure, friendly. Trade for and that, and that it, it, it is dark, you know, and bold, which, you know, my generation, once upon a time, we call that bitter. Well, even yeah. better, lattes, you know, right. if you've got, like, um, is it a barista in there working is great. If I can jump in, because I am, I know we're doing time here. Oh, no, we're out. Uh, is, is that hospitality used to be down in the fellowship hall. You had to make sure you right. had cookies and all that other stuff because God right. forbid that you'd have coffee. Up, you couldn't have coffee up front because they might take it into the sanctuary. And there are still a lot of churches that do that. Which is craziness. Yeah. Well, okay. Anyways, um, but for our younger people, hospitality, I mean, it's everywhere. So you have a coffee station or a tea station if you really want to make uh, um, bonus points. You've got that barista or two or three there. Right. And, right. And and that that the, the, the snacks, etc. Everything is about what does this generation look yeah. for, you know. And so it, hospitality is also generational. The last thing we want to touch on is music. Yeah. Everyone used to put music at the very top of the list. That if you had a rock and roll service or a country service or whatever it was. That, that 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 was the that's how you grew your church. Yeah, you you hit the generations with their music. Right. Nobody last Sunday woke up and said, "Man, if it was my kind of music, I'd go to church." I'm going to concert. That that worked and in the I '70s am. and the '80s, but uh, but not so much anymore. The build it and you will come. Uh, they will come right. is just not there anymore. So. Here's the reality: is music is important. It's still, right. we're not saying and there it's not are important. churches that can pull it off, and it is an amazing, amazing production. I don't mean that in an ugly way. Right. What they do is absolutely yeah, but, amazing. But but here's the thing: again, is that right. in whether that music on those churches are right. is targeted. Right, I they understand that totally. Right. Yeah, I just wanted to say that there are places that have amazing music. Right, absolutely. Right? And well, I don't want to leave right, them out. Right. What we're, but what I'm saying is whatever music you have, whatever music you can pull off with what, whatever level of excellence, anymore when you start reaching out, people will overlook the music. Yes. They'll overlook your liturgy. They'll look they, what they will not overlook mm -hmm. is your technology, right. your hospitality, right. and your message. Right. And not in that order. Really, number one is that message had better be spot on, relevant, right. and life applicable. Right. You know, that had better be there. Hospitality is number two. No one's going back to a church who, that ignored them, right. et cetera. Technology is actually third on the list. And music's last. As you grow the church, that, and with, with whatever your target audience is, eventually that music will have to change because they'll become more and more, not only the majority, but they become more and more the force, driving force behind the church, and then the music will change. But you don't have to do it to begin with. Right, okay, two more last yeah. things for me. One is, you don't have to be the best preacher in the world. I think I said this All the right. last couple, three weeks, relevant. right? You've got to be re relevant. You've got to have a good message, you know, one that's going to touch hearts and change lives, okay? so And you need uh, a call to action. It, we, thank you. Isn't that the huge thing for us? Like when we hear the lectures and right. whatever, it's like, where's the so what? Who cares? Right. You know, right, exactly. Go home and think about it. Right. So Monica, That doesn't change lives. No. Uh, so that's one. 
The other is about the music. Carol McCauley is the one who taught me this. Carol McCauley is an incredible minister, and um, she was on my staff as music minister a number of years ago now. And she said, when we sing, when we choose the music, we want to go from singing about God to singing to God to singing for God. That people come in and they, many of them are not going to have any idea who God or Jesus is. So we're going to sing about God so that they can hear, you know, this is why we're here basically. So uh, we're singing about God. And then from there, you can move into the music of, to God. And then the for God is kind of like, you know, Your I'm going to go out and do the, a commitment, right? right? It's that commitment song. So think about that, you know, as you're looking at music about God to God, for God. All right. Hey, we are like way out of time. Over time. We will see you next week. Thanks for joining yeah, us. And have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye.